is the fourth beast in Daniel 7, the same beast that John sees in Revelation 13. We're going to discuss that today here on the Last Things Podcast. It's your boy, Damien, coming to you once again with another episode of The Last Things Podcast, where we are on a journey to truth. It is indeed an honor and a privilege to come before you once again as we discuss the word of God. How is everybody doing on today? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this very special episode. I know I'm a little late. I've kind of been dealing with a lot of uh, I have uh, my sciatic nerve has been acting up so I've been dealing with that for the last few weeks and it's been hurting me to even sit down. So, um, of course, they tell you all, all you can do is really work through it. So I've had to work through the pain and I'm thankful and blessed enough to where it's finally subsided. So I'm I'm good and ready to go. So now here we are um, back here recording. Um, I, I should be going to Daniel chapter eight. I was going to start Daniel chapter eight, but I decided to wait. I'm going to um, we're going to we're going to jump into Daniel chapter eight uh, Monday. We'll start Daniel eight Monday. However. I got to listening to Daniel seven and I felt like. I was trying to show the correlation between the beast, the fourth beast that's in Daniel seven and the beast that John sees in Revelation 13. And I feel like I didn't do a good enough job explaining it. And I also told you guys that the beast that John saw in Revelation 13 is the revived Roman Empire, right? And that that part is wrong. That's not the revived Roman Empire. What I meant to say is that one of the heads on the beast, because remember, and re well, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a look at it. OK, so I'm going to I'm, I'm going to do my best to really explain the fourth beast that Daniel sees and the beast that John sees in Revelation 13. And we're going to look at them and really go. We're going to go into depth about both of them. OK, so the first thing that we have to understand is the when we say beast, Beast means two things. It's either the system or it's the man. OK, the Bible really does not differ. It calls the, the, the system, the one, the government, the Antichrist government is called a beast. The Antichrist himself is also called a beast. OK, so first thing we have to understand is beast has two meanings. Either we're talking about the system 
or we're talking about the man. Okay. I'm going to describe and, and we're going to, and this is going to be a long episode because I, but I really want to make sure that, that I explain this right to you guys. Okay. Because I'm, you know, I, I got to make, if I'm going to do it, I got to do it right. Okay. So let's do this. Let's look at Daniel chapter seven first. Okay. And let's go down to verse 23. And this is what it says. Then he said to me, the fourth, this fourth beast is the fourth world power. Okay, so let, let's do this. Since if we got people listening in for the first time, let's go up. We're going to let's go up to Daniel. Let's go. Let's start at Daniel seven. Okay. Daniel chapter seven, verse seven. Let's go up to verse seven. This is what it says. Then in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of, from any of the other beasts and it had 10 horns. As I was looking at the horns, verse eight, as I was looking at the horns, suddenly another small horn appeared among them. Three of the first horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it. This little horn had eyes like human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. OK, so Daniel sees a fourth beast. It's terrifying and dreadful, as the word says. And it, and it talked about how it devoured and crushed his victims. Right. Now, according to Daniel, this beast had 10 horns and all of a sudden Daniel sees an, another small horn appear with the other 10. Now, we know that the 10 horns represent what? 10 kings, right? 10 kings that are going to rule for a time. We know that the little horn represents the Antichrist. OK, the Antichrist is the little horn in Daniel uh, seven in Daniel, chapter seven, verse eight. It's the little horn. So the little horn is the Antichrist. The ten horns represent the kings. Now, Revelation 13. Now we're going to see Revelation 17 talks about how the Antichrist is going to reign with those ten horns for a time. OK, with the ten kings for a time. I'm sorry. All right. Now. Let's go down. Let's go down to verse 23 now. Now that we know what the fourth beast is. Now, as we know, an uh, angel is explaining to Daniel what all this means. Okay. Verse 23. Then he, the angel, said to me, Daniel, this fourth beast is the fourth world power that will rule the earth. It will be different from all the others. It will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. Verse 24, it's 10 horns are 10 kings who will rule that empire. Then another king will rise different from the other 10 who will subdue three of them, right? Verse 25, he will defy the most high and oppress the holy people of the most high. He will try to change the sacred festivals and laws, and they will be placed under his control for a time, times and half a time. OK, so we know that the 10 horns, as we just read, represent 10 kings. Then another king will arise, the little horn that we saw in, in verse eight. And look what it says. He will subdue three of them. OK, so. 
And then look what it said. He'll defy the most high and oppress the holy people. Okay. So Daniel says this fourth beast is a fourth world power. Now we know that this fourth beast is the Roman empire. Okay. We know that. We know it's the Roman Empire. As we know, the Roman Empire was not conquered. It fell from within the people within. It, it pretty much was divided on the inside. So it so it it fell inward, meaning the people inside is what caused it. It was it would divide a kingdom, people on the inside. You know, the Bible says a house divided within itself can't stand. And that's what happened. So the Roman Empire fell because of the people on the inside. There's so much division on the inside. Right. But what we do know is that the Roman Empire will return in the end. Right. During the tribulation period, that empire will return. OK, the Roman Empire will be revived. OK, we know that based on Daniel 2. OK, with the statue now now, the Roman Empire, according to this, is the fourth world power of the Roman Empire. Now, notice what it says. The 10 kings are already reigning and then the Antichrist will come along. So the Roman Empire will be revived before the Antichrist comes onto the scene. OK, and then the Antichrist will slowly take over the three. He's going to subdue three of the kings. And then Revelation says the others will give their power to him and then he will take over. OK, so this indent, this fourth beast is the um, is the government system is the system that will be in place. It's the world power that's going to be in place when the Antichrist comes onto the scene. OK, so notice what it said. Remember what I said? Beast represents two things, right? It can either represent a system or the man. So beast here. And Daniel 7 represents the system, the fourth world power. The fourth beast is the fourth world power. So Daniel 7 is talking about the fourth world power, which is the revived Roman Empire. OK, so now that we know now that I've kind of explained that now let's go to Revelation 13. Let's go to Revelation 13. All right. And we're going to start reading at verse one. OK. We're going to start reading in verse one. This is what it says. Then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns with ten crowns on its horns and written on each head was names that blaspheme God. This beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of, the bear, of a bear and the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave the beast his own power and throne and great authority. OK, notice something right here. In verse two, what does it say? The dragon. Who is the dragon? The dragon is Satan. The dragon is the devil. Read Revelation 12. Revelation 12 will tell you who the dragon is. That's the devil. OK, and it's going to describe the devil as having seven heads with ten horns. However, here's the difference. The crowns are not on the horns. The crowns are on the heads. OK. That's the difference between the devil in Revelation 12 and right here in Revelation 13. We're talking about two different people. OK, two different, two different, two different things. Revelation 12 is a dragon with horn with crowns on the heads. 
Revelation 13 is the beast with the crowns on the horns. Okay. Now we just read, we know what these horns represent. They represent what? 10 kings that are going to reign. Now, one thing that we noticed in Daniel 7, we noticed what? There was another horn that appeared, right? There was another horn that appeared, the little horn that's in Daniel 7, right? What do we see about this beast here? This beast has crowns on the horns. You don't see nothing about a little horn coming up, do you? No, you don't. You see this beast with the 10 horns and the crowns are on his horn, on the horns. What does that mean? He rules over those crowns. He has crowns, meaning they're kings, but he also rules over those crowns. He also rules over those kings. Okay. Okay. So let's keep, let, let's, uh, let's keep reading. Let's go to verse three. I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. Verse four, they worshiped the dragon, which is Satan, for giving the beast such power. And they also worshiped the beast. Listen to what it says. Who is as great as the beast? They exclaimed. Who is able to fight against him? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's keep reading. Then the beast was allowed to what? Speak great blasphemies against God. And he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. Verse six. And he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name and his dwelling. And that is those who dwell in heaven. Let's stop right there. Do you see, do you, see, do you remember how I said beast describes two things? Do you see how beast here is not talking about a world power? Beast here is talking about he, a man, a person. That's what we're talking about. So that's what John is talking about. This beast, John is saying, is a man. It's a person. He's symbolized as a person, okay? Now, remember how the angel told Daniel what the beast was in, Reve in Daniel 7? If you go to Revelation 13, if you're listening for the first time, if you go to Revelation 17, an angel is going to tell John what this, who this beast is, what this beast represents. Okay. So the answer to the beast out of the sea in Revelation 13 is found in Revelation 17. Okay. So let's scroll down. Let's scroll down to verse nine. Okay. This calls for mind with understanding. I'm sorry. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. They also represent seven kings hold on hold on i'm sorry let me back up let's start at verse seven okay let's start at verse seven why are you so amazed the angel asked i will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns from which she sits 
The beast you saw was once alive, but isn't now. And yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. And the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. You see that there? They're calling this beast a he again. Okay, so we know we're talking about a person. We're talking about a person. Okay, now we know this beast is the Antichrist. So it's describing the Antichrist. It's describing him, okay? Now, let's keep going. Verse 9, this calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. They also represent seven kings. Five kings have already fallen. What are the five? Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece. The six now reigns. What is the six? the Roman Empire, okay? And the seventh is yet to come, but his reign will be brief, okay? So the sixth one here, the sixth head, is the, the first five heads we already described them. Excuse me. The sixth head is the Roman Empire. That's the empire. That's the world power that's, go, that's in charge now in John's time. The seventh has not come. We know the seventh is the revived Roman Empire, like I said, because of Daniel 2, iron mixed with clay. Okay. Now, here's the thing. The seventh is yet to come. Now, verse 11, this is where it's going to get tricky. The scarlet beast that was, but is no longer, is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he, too, is headed for destruction. Let's stop right here. The scarlet beast that was is the eighth king. So what does the angel mean? The whole beast that we saw in, Dan, in, in Revelation 13, the entire beast, he's, he called him what? He called him a he. He said he is the eighth king. He is like the other seven. Now, remember what we said. This beast had seven heads. So if he's the eighth king, that means there has to be an eighth head. We're what's the eighth head? The scarlet beast himself as a whole. There's eight heads. He, the beast himself, is a head plus the other seven. You have eight heads total. Okay, we we sometimes forget about that. We we focus on the seven heads, but we forget about the scarlet beast himself has a head has a head. He's the eighth head. He's the eighth king. And he, too, is headed for destruction. The ten horns on the beast, verse 12, the ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. Then, verse 13, they will all agree to give him their power and authority. Verse 14, together they will go to war against the lamb, but the lamb will defeat them because he is the Lord of all lords and king of all kings. Okay. So the beast that John sees in Revelation 13 is the Antichrist. Do you see how the Bible calls him beast? 
but it's describing the word beast, but it's describing a person. When we saw beast in Daniel 7, we saw the fourth world, the fourth beast represented what? A world power. What did Daniel 7 represent? Like I say, the revived Roman Empire. Okay, because we saw in Daniel 7, it had 10, 10 horns, 10 kings. However, there was a little horn that appeared. Now, John is seeing the Antichrist, the man himself, after he has taken over everything. He's taken over everything now that John has seen. Remember, look, look at where the 10 horns are. The 10 horns are attached to the scarlet beast, which is the Antichrist. Look at where the crowns are. The crowns are on the horns. Look at what look at what the angel said in verse 12. The 10 horns are 10 kings who have not yet risen. Look at what the angel says. They're going to one brief moment reign with the beast. But then they're going to give all their power to him. He's going to take Daniel. Daniel said he's going to the beat. The Antichrist is going to take over three of the kings. And then the other seven are just going to give their power over to him. So do you see how the word beast has two meanings in Daniel? Daniel is talking about the beast as in the world power that's in charge. Before the Antichrist comes onto the scene. The word beast here in Revelation 13 is talking about the Antichrist, the man himself. It's, and it shows him have taken over everything. The ten horns, the crowns are on the horns. And notice what it said, the scarlet, and notice what it said Revelation, in, in, in Revelation 17. The scarlet beast is what? The eighth king. But notice what it says. He too is going to be headed for destruction. Okay, so when you see the word beast, beast in, in Daniel 7, beast is describing the world power. When you see the word beast in Revelation 13 and Revelation 17, it's talking about the Antichrist himself. Now, notice the Antichrist is in both of them. The Antichrist is the little horn. That's in the little horn that comes up in Daniel uh, in verse eight of Daniel seven. Is it verse eight of Daniel seven? Uh, it's, it's Daniel seven. Uh, is it verse eight? I think it's verse eight. Let me let me look it up just to make sure. Yes, it's verse eight. As I was looking at the horn, suddenly another small horn appeared among them. Okay. That small horn, as we said, is the Antichrist. However, he's just getting started. He's just starting to take over. No, Daniel is dealing with the governments, the world powers. That's what Daniel is all about from chapter seven on. Remember, we've been dealing with Babylon. We've been dealing with Medo-Persia. We've been dealing with Greece. We, we've been dealing with Greece. And now we're starting to deal with Rome, with the Roman part right here in Daniel seven with the fourth world power. Daniel has been all about the world powers. John is about the Antichrist, the man himself. And that's what John is talking about, the man, the Antichrist himself. OK. But the Antichrist is here in Daniel seven. 
because he's the little horn that's going to come up among the ten, among these other ten horns. Now we and as I said, we saw the ten horns in Revelation thirteen. We see them attached to the scarlet beast, and the scarlet beast what has horn has crowns on the horns, meaning he has dominion over the crowns. He rules them. He's got crowns on them. So they're the kings that's going to rule. However, as you notice, they're attached to him, meaning they're going to meaning he's over them as well. He's over them. Just as the just as if you go to Revelation 12, the dragon has seven has the seven heads, but his crown, but the crowns are on the heads. Here in Revelation 13, the crowns are on the horns. And they're attached to the scarlet beast, which is who? The Antichrist, the man himself. Okay. So when I told you guys about the Roman Empire being what John saw, I was wrong about that. That's not what John saw. John is seeing the Antichrist, the man himself. The Roman Empire, however, is the sixth head on the scarlet beast. On the Antichrist, it's the sixth head. Because the, the Roman Empire is going to reign, but its reign won't be long. But as we if we saw, look, let's go to Revelation. Let's go back to Revelation 17. OK, let's go back to Revelation 17. And let's go up. To verse 10, let's look at verse 10. Look at what it says. Five kings have fallen. The sixth now reigns and the seventh is yet to come, but his reign will be brief. OK, we know the revived Roman Empire is going to be what that set is going to the revived Roman Empire is the seventh kingdom is the seventh king. The sixth one is the Roman Empire after the after the revived Roman Empire. Remember, the revived Roman Empire is Dan is the fourth beast of Daniel seven. After that. The end, and that's when the Antichrist begins to take over, because remember, the 10 kings are already in place and the 10, the 10 horns. And then what happened? The little horn started to come up. And now here we are. In Revelation 13. There's no little horn. There's a scarlet beast. And the 10 kings, the 10 horns are attached to that scarlet beast. And what happens now? After that revived Roman Empire is over, the Antichrist will Antichrist kingdom is now in place. He's the eighth king. OK, so I wanted to make sure to bring that up and also apologize to you guys, because the revived Roman Empire is not what John is seeing. Not right now. Revelation 13. He's seeing the Antichrist, the man himself. Now, the revived Roman Empire, like I said, is the seventh king that has not come yet. That has not happened. It's the seventh head. But the scarlet beast in total of what he saw, that is the Antichrist. But as I said, do you notice how the word beast is describing two things? The fourth beast that, John, that Daniel saw represents the world power. That's the revived Rome is that's the. Uh, what did I say? The Roman Empire. OK, that's the Roman Empire that John that Daniel is seeing. John is seeing the Antichrist, 
the man himself. And it's describing him how? As a beast. Okay, Daniel is seeing the revived Roman Empire. I'm sorry. He's seeing the revived Roman Empire. Okay. John is seeing the Antichrist. Daniel seeing the Daniel seeing the government, the system. John is seeing the man. Okay. So that's the difference, but that's how you can tell the difference between Daniel 7 and Revelation 13. I wanted to do that because I wanted to make sure that I gave you guys the right information because I told you guys that 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 the beast in John in Revelation represented that. That's not what it represented. That represents the Antichrist, the man himself. Okay, but I wanted to make sure that I made sure to break that down. And I hope and pray that I did a very good job breaking it down, because after I got to listening to it, I said, man, I didn't do a good job. And after let's go back and listen, I said, wait a minute, that's not right, because it's the Antichrist. That's not. So I had to make sure to put this episode out to make sure I gave you guys the right information. Okay, so as I said. This was a very short episode. I want to make sure to show the difference between the two so you guys can see it firsthand. OK, and that's really it for this episode. I want to make sure like I said I want to make sure I get you guys the right information. So this is what I want, want to do. We want to offer Christ to you guys. You know, I've been hearing this word for the last few weeks. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. I heard there's a preacher that I listen to on YouTube. His name is Preacher Warren. If you guys have never listened to him, guys, go check that man out. Man, I listen to some of his videos on uh on YouTube while I'm at work. He's a street, he's a uh, he's a, a street pat, he's a street preacher. He goes out into the streets and he's preaching the word of God. But he said the same thing. He said he had a drink. He said the Lord told him that it's almost time for I, I in essence, pretty much saying it's almost time for Christ to come. He didn't give him an exact date. He just said, we're getting closer to it. He's saying we're getting closer to it. I firmly believe that, too. I firmly believe that we're going to see Jesus come in our generation, in our time. I believe that. I do. I believe the Antichrist is on the earth right now. But I heard the Lord. The Lord has been saying that word. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, repent, repent. Guys, we got to make sure we get ourselves together, man. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. And the one thing we want to do, we you want to make sure that your salvation is secure while you have time. Because tomorrow is not promised. Don't say, I'm going to put it off till tomorrow. No, because you might not be promised tomorrow. You might lay down and go to bed at tonight and you might not wake up tomorrow morning. Tomorrow is not promised. Make the decision to give your life to the Lord today while he can be found, because there's going to come a moment in a time when you're going to look for him and you won't be able to find him. You're going to you, you, you're going to the opportunity now is here. Don't waste it. And don't squander it. Take that opportunity now. Get to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Allow him to come into your life, come into your heart. Allow him begin to teach you, to mentor you, to strip you of certain behaviors that you have. Allow that. Allow him to come into your heart. Make him Lord of your life. Allow him to transform your life. Allow him to transform you. Y'all, we, we, we too close to his return. 
And I want and 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 we've got to be ready. We see how the world is. I told I told one of my coworkers, I said, man, the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Lord returns. Man, if you ask me, we look worse than the days of Noah. We look so much worse as the days of Noah. That's why I firmly believe Jesus is coming. He's coming soon. And you've got to be ready. You've got to be ready when he comes. Because when he comes, he's coming for a blameless ch for his church. And when he comes, we getting up out of here. And then that and then after the church is raptured up, what happens? The tribulation begins and everything that we've been discussing with the Antichrist coming onto the scene and everything. You'll see that firsthand. I don't plan on being around to see it unless he anoints me to be one of the hundred and forty four thousand. But y'all. Make your salvation an election sure. That's all I'm saying. Make your salvation an election sure. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart. Make me, shape me, and mold me into the person who you called me to be. I lay my life down. My life is now in your hands. Do with me as you wish. In the mighty name of Lord Jesus, I pray and thank you. Amen. Guys, we're going to believe that if you pray that simple little prayer, you have transferred over from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And we believe that your name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. So when the Lord Jesus re returns, you're going to be one of the ones that he's going to call. And if you go by and if you go by the grave, you have nothing to fear. You will spend eternity with Christ forevermore. Amen. Amen. Welcome home, my brother. Welcome home, my sister. It is indeed an honor and a privilege for you to come home. Amen. And now because of that, there's going to be a party in heaven because his son or daughter has come home. Amen. Amen. Guys, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in with me with this uh this very special episode of the podcast. Monday, we're going to be back back to our regularly scheduled program and we're going to move further ahead into the book of Daniel. We're going to move further. We're going to move on into Daniel with Daniel chapter eight. We're going to start chapter eight uh, Monday. But as, as I said, I, I, I felt like I didn't do a good enough job explaining the different the correlation between the beast in Daniel 7 and the beast in Revelation 13. And I wanted to make sure to do that and give the correction that I needed to, that I needed to do. So that's that was my mistake that I told you guys that. That's why I had to do this episode to make sure we get the right information out because we want to do things right and in order. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Man, y'all pray for your boy because man, this, this cyanic, this cyanic thing is really getting to is I feel good. I'm still having my moments, but I'm feeling a little better. We're going to see tomorrow morning because I plan on hitting it. I got to hit this gym. I haven't been able to hit the gym norm as I normally would. So we're going to hit this gym in the morning. But y'all pray for your boy as I continue to pray for you guys as well. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. You guys have a blessed rest of your week. Please be safe out there, and I will see you here next week with another fantastic episode of The Last Things Podcast, where we are on a journey to truth. Love you guys. Be blessed.